Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-Tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And we are back to explore some more of the wonderful libations that Mark has returned to the mainland with. Today we will be um, not drinking beer. We're going to be drinking mead today from Nani Moon Meadery. Correct, and you might be thinking, wait a minute, guys, I thought this was the beer-tastic voyage. What, what the hell's with this mead in here? And to that I counter, well, the Beer Judge Certification Program is also the governing body that produces the style guidelines for mead. So, it is uh, one of those things where the, the wine industry thinks they're, you know, all that much better and sort of too good for me right and so the whole beer community was like oh that's okay you can come over here yeah we're, you're cool we like you um i actually was listening to another podcast about beer and one of the people on the podcast happened to be on vacation in hawaii and went to nani moon meadery and that's how i had heard about it and then uh when mark when you and your wife were planning the vacation I mentioned it to you, I said, there's a meadery on there that you should really check out. And I remember Amy being very, very excited. She kind of squeed a little bit and was like, ooh, mead, yay, we're going to go there. Yeah. So, uh, to give you a, a little bit of information about Nanny Moon Meadery, it is in Kapa, Hawaii, which is on the island of uh, Maui. Yes? I believe so. Don't ask us. We've never been there. No. It was a little while ago now. Uh, so I apologize, and I'm probably also pronouncing the name of the town incorrectly because it's spelled K-A-P-A-A. Kapa! And, and I'm not sure uh, what the double A sound is supposed to be in Hawaiian. So I wasn't able to find very much information about how long the meadery's been around, how they got started, but uh, it is home to buy self-proclaimed Queen Bee Stephanie Krieger, who is uh, sort of the creative director of the entire thing, as well as being the owner. Okay. And uh, all of the means that they produce are chemical and sulfite-free, and they are made using 100% uh, Hawaiian ingredients. And all of the honey actually comes from their own apiaries. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Do they are there apiaries right there in the like near them, or do they just no? Have they they out? are actually at located. They have I think two different apiaries located in different uh, regions of the island. Okay. So that they are getting, and they're both on the same island. Too? Yes. Okay. But so the they're getting different honey varieties from the because one of the apiaries is up in the mountainous areas, and I think the other one is down close to the coast. So they're getting. You know different honey yeah because the different uh vegetation that grows right that's really that's really cool and i think that'd be interesting too i'm looking forward to trying some of the different seeing if i can discern the different flavors between them yeah so we're going to start off with uh their lakai's nectar which is a melomo and uh for those unfamiliar a melomo is a fruited mead okay it is 12 percent alcohol by volume and uh, I'm just going to throw out the flavor text for you here. It is crafted from native Ohia Lehua blossom honey. And 
Ohio I Mountain Apples. Okay. I think I got that right, pronunciation-wise. So, right. so, pouring it out here, it definitely looks like diluted honey. And it's, uh, I should also note that it, it's a stone mead. There's no carbonation in this. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was a, that was a thing. Like a mead. Lack I, of carbonation yeah. or carbonated? Carbonated. Oh, yeah. You can definitely have, uh, carbonated meads to the point. So, the way mead goes is there's three categories of carbonation. There's still, which means there's no carbonation. There's petulant, which means there's a little bit of carbonation in there, but it's not fizzy. And then you have effervescent, which is like champagne levels of carbonation where there's just, you know, streams of bubbles coming out of solution. I would love to try a, 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 one of the effervescent ones. That'd be interesting to say the least. Well, uh, I mean, we're going to get there later on, but the last one we have to taste may be fairly effervescent. We'll have to, we'll find out what happens when we open it. All right. Excellent. The smell on this, um, is awesome. I mean, I, it's almost, it, it's, this is going to sound stupid because I'm going to say it smells like honey liqueur, but again, if you had just, if you weren't saying to yourself like, Hey, listen, you know, meat is honey wine and you just, you know, you, you just put this in front of someone, they would think it would be a liquor that was flavored like honey. And that's what it smells like. And there's almost like a little bit of butteriness. Yeah. I smell, I, I, I got a little bit of butterscotch in there. There is also certainly a floral aroma, which I'm sure it comes from the, the flower blossoms, but right. not knowing what that flower is and having smelled that directly myself. I can't say that that's the aroma I'm getting. Yeah, I mean, as I keep smelling it, it, it kind of flip-flops back and forth. Everyone, like, I'll get one that smells a little buttery and butterscotch-like, and then the next one might be apple. You know, as I kind of swirl it around, I, I smell the apple in there, too. So, I, I mean, the mountain apple, like, that's a colloquial name, but it's no, it's no relation to an actual apple. It is a local uh, island fruit. Okay. Yeah, the um, I, I get uh from the from taste, I, I definitely obviously you have a honey taste, but in addition to that, you the floral aroma and fruit like aroma follow through for me in the uh, in, in the flavor. I get hit with honey right away, and then those floral and um fruity notes. And what what's also nice about it is that it's super dry in the finish. It's not yes. uh cloyingly sweet on the back end at all, which allows you to go right back for another sip. Yeah, it's uh. It, the the mouthfeel for me is also interesting. I'm not um I've had a uh, several meads, but not not any that I've really thought about while I was drinking them. Um, mostly ones. Well, I was going to say I yeah. think most of the meads you've had are ones that I've made. Yeah, the only other and one I can think awesome of was too, was the one at uh, Medieval Times for our buddy Glenn's. Uh, Glenn's yeah. um, I believe the one party. they serve at there is uh, Carols. I I wouldn't even know. I I think it's Carols, and that's a pretty readily available mead that like if you go into some decent liquor stores. Like if it, if it's a liquor store that's a little you know just well stocked, you can usually find Carol's meat in there. Yeah, I mean that was it. That was pretty good. I mean this is definitely a cut above. And my question is related to mouthfeel for mead. Um, again, I'm imagining it's obviously going to be different for the different um, carbonation styles we talked about. But in general, for a still mead, what do you what are you looking for 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 the the, the mouthfeel, the thickness of of it? Uh see that that's also something that really heavily depends on upon the alcohol content. 
So mead is usually, so aside from having the three distinct categories of carbonation, there are also three distinct uh, levels of alcohol content, with the lowest being hydromels. And off the top of my head, I don't remember the exact uh, ranges, but I would say a hydromel is probably anything less than 8% alcohol, let's say. Then you have uh, standard strength meads, which are sort of that mid-range, um, like typical table wine sort of alcohol content. And then at the high end, you have what's called sex strength meads, which are the ones that are probably like 12% alcohol and above. Those are the sex strength meads? Sack. Still funny. Like, <laughs> like, like still test, funny. Sack like testicles, you know. Yes, sack. yes. Get you, get you in the sack strength meads. So, I mean... Uh, All three that we have are going to be these uh, the sack strength, correct? Yeah, well, the three that we have here are all 12% alcohol or above. So, uh... Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Kevin, I see you finished the pour that I gave you, yeah. so how about you give us a rating on this? Um, You know, on rating, I feel... I'm, and I'm not doing this to be a pain in the ass, Justin. No, no, I honestly, I know, where, I think I know where you're going to go, um, and I think I'm going to agree with you. Is, I honestly can't rate this on the same scale that we usually use, because the meat is so different. And I'm not a wine drinker, um, and I couldn't, there's no way I could even drink a whole pint of this beer, of this beverage, and be able to continue. Um, so... I motion that for the um, for the meads, we go to a very simple star system. All in favor? I'll second it. All right. All right. Um, so as far as, you know, stars going with a one being low and five being high, I am going to put this one at four stars. Um, as far as the meads that I've ever tried from being ones that Mark had made, and some of the other commercially available ones that I've had, this this one has a great clean finish. Um, the nose was absolutely incredible. I love the smell of it. I could just keep my head in that glass with that all the time. And I just, I thought it was great. I just, there's no possible way I could drink them, the volume of a pint glass or more of it. And still be standing and functional as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'm also going to go with a five. Uh, I'm sorry, not five. It, this is a four star. And that's simply because of uh, what we're going to get into later on here. That, I mean, this is a, the Lakai's Nectar is a super solid, really great, nice drinking mead. But uh, again, as I've alluded to, what we're going to move on to later on here, just completely like, I can't rate this five stars because then I'd have to rate one of the other meads we're going to have here a six. Okay. And so you... that might anger Justin just the same as calling it a <laughs> snifter. Listen, I gotta, I can't copy and paste stars. We've never done it before. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to come up with some amusing way of doing stars. Though. They're not going to be normal stars. So right. we definitely going to want to check out the show notes at Beer Tastic Voyage. Um, 
Now, Mark, did you have all three of these at the... Uh, I at the had a sample of everything when uh, we stopped in at the meadery, and by the time we were done, my wife was completely hammered off the tastings that we shared. Right. Oh, you shared tastings. We yeah. shared tastings, and by the time we were done, Amy was completely gone. So, uh, you know, as I said, they're all uh, sort of in that sex strength category. Uh, Stephanie did tell us that she was starting to experiment with, you know, lower alcohol content, more sessionable meads. But right. at the time we were there, she hadn't yet uh, decided upon releasing any of those. Right. For me, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with uh, three stars, and it's it's I I enjoyed it. The um the uh, liquor flavor that I get off of it a little bit, uh, the the thickness. It's it's a little off putting to me, but I think that's just from having some other meads. I think that's a, a mead characteristic and not um, something that's uh, negative for this particular uh, particular one. So I'm going to settle in on on three stars. All right, so uh, we're going to move on now to the second one that we have, which is the Bear Cacao Moon, and uh, it is 13% alcohol by content, and the flavor text is a handcrafted. Uh, from macadamia nut blossom honey, organic, kawaii, cacao, and vanilla beans. And it is nicknamed the panty dropper by the locals. I told you it's this, I told you it's get you in the sack. I told you. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I told you. So uh, the, the cacao moon is sure to bring romance under the moonlight. <laughs> so in appearance, it's very similar in color to the lacai nectar. It's also a still mead. On the aroma, I think I get a little bit of the cocoa. Yeah, I noticed a, a slight a slight cocoa, but it's still a very similar aroma to the previous one. Yeah, the, the honey aroma is definitely the dominant, but I do believe I get a little bit of, like, cocoa roastiness in the background. Yeah, um, as I'm smelling it, it really does smell... It smells dark. It smells... If it was, a sh if it was malt, I would say it'd be one shade darker. You know, like... That's what it, it just smells like. It's just a little bit of depth behind it. Whereas the other ones smell a little brighter. This one has just a little bit of depth to it, but still extremely nice. Super dry in the finish. Um, the cocoa is not a dominant flavor component, but it is definitely sort of there mingling with the honey itself. It gives it um, almost just like the last one, a little bit, but adding a, a small dimension. Yeah, that makes it a like little bit just more a, interesting. Just a slight hint of complexity to sort of make you contemplate the flavor in your palate. Yeah, I, I mean, if this were, again, a beer, I, and I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know how mead works from a brewing perspective, but it, I feel like the last one was almost the base for this one, and they added cacao to it. But I don't know that that's exactly true, but that's flavor-wise how it's coming off to me. Well, I mean... Based upon the flavor text from the two of them, the base honey is two different honey varietals. So I would say no to your statement. But, yeah. You know, we're, we're not regular mead drinkers, aside from, you know, what I produce annually for uh, holiday presents. But uh, I, it is certainly something that I want to develop is my uh, sort of knowledge of single variety honeys and what flavor contributions they provide to the finished mead. 
it's a whole nother it's almost like um using a different yeast for for a beer like some yeast will give uh certain characteristics and obviously uh honey from different um different uh varieties of uh flowers are going to give you a different flavor and even i imagine from year to year depending upon environmental things i mean it's it's got to be pretty difficult to uh consistently reproduce although in hawaii with having a fairly consistent climate it might, might be even easier um yeah i think that i think definitely climate um you know is is gonna affect you know the the seasonal changes are gonna affect the honey as much as you know the seasonal changes affect grapes each year right you know um for me i this one is was great also um there's a little bit more flavor to it it's got a little bit more uh character in there um I'm not going to say it's, if the first mead was, you know, it, it really did. It, I understand where you were coming from, Justin, how it kind of felt like it built off the other mead. Yeah. And I think that's just how it's going in our palates right now. But this one, I can definitely see how it's, it's not quite as sweet as the other one. So it maybe kind of, you know, is a little more, you drink a few more of these. You know, and end up in the situations that they're talking about. Um, <laughs> you know that that you have that you know sometimes you're drinking something really sweet and it gets to you before you really drink as much as you could. You know, this one I think kind of finds that nice middle road of it's semi-sweet, it's still dry, and you're going to be drinking a lot of these. And for me, it's I'm going to go with another. Um, I think four star mead here. This is this is really. This it, I think it is better than the other one, um, in that it has a little bit more character, but it's still fantastic. I really like it. I'm gonna agree with you. It's also a four star for mead. Uh, yeah, four star for mead. A four <laughs> star for mead, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I didn't have anything that I didn't like when we were there, and uh, um, well, Justin, how about you give your rating? So um, I'm going to step up to four because the complexity of the cacao added definitely um, it, it for me tempered um, any uh, residual like alcohol flavor and also made it a little more complex on my tongue. So four, uh, four stars. So now we're going to move on to what is, was by far my favorite while we were at the meadery. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it as well. And it is actually part of their small batch, seasonal, sort of more experimental varieties. I believe they only made five gallons of this one. And it is their Buzz Squared, which is uh, a stout heart dark sour. And so with this mead here, they added coffee to the fermented honey base. And then they added coffee cherries. Okay. I don't know if they were whole coffee cherries or just the fruit from the coffee cherries. Right. To the mead and allowed the wild yeast and bacteria living on the skins of those coffee cherries to sour it. Really? That'd be that'd be funky. <laughs> that is really deep. And not like... not in the and not in the funk of sour beer sort of way, but like that's just I think that's really I think that's really creative. And if they that it was what they did, that'd be fantastic. Um one question for you. You mentioned the 
um, the coffee. Do you, do you know if they used coffee beans or brewed coffee or how I, they did it? I do not remember. And because this is a small batch seasonal, it is not uh, one of the ones that they have a lot of information on their website about. Right. As you can see, uh, I ended, I actually bought the last two bottles of this that they had. Oh, okay, cool. Like, that's how small of a batch it was, and you can see that the... It's a handwritten, it's a handwritten label, label yeah. here. The, yeah, the label even just says, you know, small batch seasonal, and then handwritten is what's on there, not even, like, the details of it. It's just, this is the generic label that we use for these. Yeah, it's got the name, it's got the ABV content, and it's got the volume, which is, I think, required by law. But yeah, that, otherwise they wouldn't even say it on the, on the bottle. So apparently, so you grabbed the last two bottles of that. So you basically you got to do to someone else what was done to you. I think it was at Lanakai. Oh, yeah. yeah. Except there was nobody else in Nanny Moon when we were there. Uh -huh. So you know, it's not like I cock blocked somebody <laughs> from getting one of these bottles. That's all right. If they grab some of the uh, the other one, they can get around any cock blocks out there. Um, this one's definitely darker. It is, it and is. I and. I'm pretty sure that's from the Eddie Coffee. Yeah, I figure I figured that, but it's definitely where the other ones look like watered down honey. This one looks more like honey in the jar. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of it being it's gold instead of it being straw colored. Yeah, the aroma you get coffee right away. Um, not you know not in a in a overpowering or a stout kind of way. Really like a fresh brewed coffee kind of way. Yeah, and it's also a, a light roast aroma and not like a even a medium or dark roast it's definitely a lot more fruity and acidic in the aroma than dark and roasty right it's uh it has the uh, a little bit like a little bit of the uh, astringency oh when God. you taste it <laughs> kevin, i, I kevin hope the is... microphone picked that up oh, kevin just took a second uh, <laughs> a sip of it and kevin exclaimed oh my god oh, as we've been as we've been we've been talking about numerous different you know ways to rate things and one of the ways that we've discussed is i just got a half stack in my pants and <laughs> i that's yeah i'm glad you told me not to rate the other ones five yeah so oh now my, you understand why i held back this on is giving so, the others five stars this might be one of the most inc and this might be one of the most incredible beverages that i've ever consumed and i'm not that i'm that's not hyperbole that's not me just trying to be excited like it's absolutely incredible how this tastes. Yeah, I loved the taste of this when we were there. And uh, so the way I actually got these home, if we've piqued your interest, they will actually ship orders to New York. So you can order, you can get in touch with them, put it in an order, and they will ship it directly to your house. I know it's going to be expensive, but... God damn, is it not worth it? This is one of the most complex things I've ever eaten or or drank. It, it the this there's so many different flavors happening at the same time. But it, I mean, it's it it works. There's definitely, it's not a really assertive tartness, but there definitely it definitely is more tart than the other couple that we already had, and that plays in so well with the 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 coffee that was blended in with this as well to sort of enhance those coffee notes and it's still super dry even though it's 12 percent alcohol i mean yeah i mean 
I might have to give this six stars, but Justin would kill me. So I'm just going to leave it at the five. Listen, we changed the whole fucking system on the fly. For anyone who didn't realize, this, there was no discussion of changing the system until we were on the podcast, which is fine. I, I like organic things happening right in front of me. It's completely fine. I can't wait for them to see the stars that I pick out to show on this thing. Um, yeah, the coffee in the beginning, and again, to reiterate for anyone who hasn't heard me say it before, I hate coffee. Not in beer or in other beverages, but coffee by itself, I've never had a cup of coffee and even enjoyed it a little. This is the most coffee-flavored thing I've had outside of actual coffee that is is that I enjoyed. And at first, when I first tasted it and I get the coffee, I'm not overly enthused about it. But when you get this slight bit of tartness in the back end that sort of like pushes the coffee to the back of my mouth and, and in, the, in the, I guess, for the, in the proper place on my tongue, for for mine at least, it, it the whole thing just works together. It's definitely an example of something that takes something I can't stand and somehow makes it work through other components. Yeah, this this mead is incredible. Um, I don't think I've ever had one a mead that's been considered soured. Um, but it's just the coffee notes in the beginning give it a great aroma, and it mellows out the. It not mellows. It evens out the the honey that sometimes can be overly sweet, that can be cloyingly sweet with mead sometimes, and or even just drinking a lot, a large volume of mead, sometimes the honey, the, that cloyingness of the honey gets to you. I don't think that this would happen with this. That is that sourness that balances it out and makes it a really smooth flavor throughout. The coffee adds some character to it. It still smells, has that floral scent to it, inside the coffee and i think you hit mark you did a great job describing it of the light roast and the floral notes of the honey of the um of the coffee in there and it's again i'm 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 actually at the point where i have not i don't know how else to you describe seem how i lost for words yeah i'm i'm kind of like giggly and kind of in love with this beverage right now i'm gonna assume it's five stars for you then yes as many stars as i can give it that's how many i'm giving it okay i'll keep that in mind Thank Again, you. check check the show notes. Oh, uh, the show notes are going to be like rainbows coming out of me. Oh, I don't know man. which one is Justin, did you did you give a number of stars? I did not, but it is going to get five stars. Um, I, I'm glad that we actually decided to change the system because I don't think, again, for me, especially with the how powerful the flavor is, that I would drink a lot of it in one sitting. But it's something that I would like to have on a regular basis. Yeah, and uh, so we've got this one bottle here, and I have another one, and I'm going to be super sad when it runs out. So I, I think I'm going to have to send Stephanie an email to give me a heads up if she ever does this again, because I'm definitely going to order it. Well, yeah. what would be cool is if, uh, you know, I, I don't know how, uh, I, I haven't been to their site, but if, uh, you know, any of the limited releases, if there's any way we can, like, pre-buy the limited releases and have her pack it, like, you know, keep them aside and then ship it to us, that'd be pretty cool. I don't, I'm, we'd have to reach out to her by email, but uh, I don't know that she would be opposed to that. I do want to give... Uh, an honorable shout out and the reason why we don't have it here today is because it is my wife's favorite and therefore she already ha she already drank one of the two bottles that we got so oh, if Jesus. i brought the second one for us to drink on the podcast i don't think i'd still be with you guys tomorrow <laughs> understandable understand and that is their deviant behavior which is a mead 
that has Hawaiian chili peppers and pineapple in it. Oh man! <laughs> maybe maybe we can get her to crack that open at a party one time for everybody. We can do a shotgun of it. Maybe I'm, I'm sure that's possible, <laughs> but. You know, like I said, because my wife is not here, there was no way I was going to bring and open that bottle. I, I don't blame it is you. Certainly, her favorite. And uh, yeah, that one is super nice. And you know, Justin, I know you are a fan as I am of chili peppers in beer and the Hawaiian chilies, which I didn't know that was a thing until we went to the meadery. But it's apparently a, a Hawaiian specific chili variety that is, I would say, probably like habanero level of heat, maybe a little bit hotter. Really? But a very unique sort of fruit flavor uh, aside from that. It sounds like it would go very well in beer with the, the additional fruit flavor. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, my wife's favorite, an honorable mention. And, uh, you know, as I said, if I we've piqued your interest here, get in touch with them. They do ship to New York. I had 12 bottles shipped back to my house. Uh, I know some of my friends were lucky enough to receive bottles for their Christmas presents. I don't know if they will open them yet, but hopefully we've made some new fans out here on the East Coast of uh, Nanny Moon. No, I, I can imagine that we would. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm really happy that you took the time to uh, bring these here and the cost of shipping them back. Although I'm pretty sure I didn't have, you know, no one had to twist your arm after you tasted everything. No, I mean... I wanted the uh, the two Buzz Squared bottles and everything else on top of that is gravy, but you know the the I do not have enough good things to say about the Buzz Squared. So again, Stephanie, if you make some more of that, please let us know. I think Mark found his leaf pile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, no, it's this is absolutely fantastic. So I want to say thank you to Stephanie as well. Thank you for the fantastic beverages and please keep experimenting with these you know unique sort of flavors and combinations because it's great speaking of uh, unique flavor combinations when you brought up the chili it reminded me uh, maybe we should update our listeners on our brewing adventures including me actually starting to brew yeah you get to be you get to put home brewer next to your name now yeah, I guess so. Um, we'll see. <laughs> it's still in the fermenter yet, so. Yeah. Right. What are you making, Justin? I, uh, I'm making, uh, the original plan was to do a cherry whip beer. So we, we made the uh, the base. It was in the fermenter. I, uh, I ordered myself some, I, uh, some cherry puree, or I thought I did. And it turns out that when I searched for cherry puree on Amazon, right. the very first listing yes. was raspberry puree. And I didn't even think to look at it or read it because it was the first listing when I typed in cherry puree. So are we getting a raspberry whip then? We are. Um, right. it's, it's exciting. Um, who knew? So when he told me this, I told him that was perfectly fine, though, because it will make your wife happy. Yeah, she is. Because your uh, wife is a big fan of raspberry fermented beverages. Yeah, she is. So we'll see if that works. So um, we brewed it uh, roughly three weeks ago. And um, then about four days after putting in the fermenter, I added the three pounds of the cherry, uh, cherry, should have been cherry, the raspberry puree. I did taste it like four days later because I was getting antsy. Yeah. And uh, it, the raspberry fl flavor had not really transferred at yeah. all. Um, and if you like, like whipped beer, which I do, uh, it's not good when it's not carbonated. Gotta be honest <laughs> with you, it's just not good. <laughs> so I can't wait to, I can't wait to have it carbonated, but I tasted it yesterday um, in the morning and it was uh, much more of a raspberry flavor. But the color of it now looks like the raspberry puree. 
Yeah, okay. de definitely one of the hardest things to learn, which I still wouldn't say that I have a good grasp on that, is being able to taste the flat beer and picture what it's going to taste like after it's carbonated. Yeah, it, um, I was the first time I tasted it, I was epically disappointed. I didn't know what to expect, but I was like, wow, man, what did I do? Like, <laughs> now, see, that, see, that's funny because, I mean, the only beers that, most of the beers that I've brewed in the past have been usually darker beers, um, you know, dark ambers or, you know, and when you taste them before, like I would taste them before, like I bottle them and it just tastes like the beer just flat. Right. Well, also those are, <laughs> those are lower carbonation styles to begin yeah, with. Exactly. Probably get a little closer. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, we'll see how it comes out. I, I think uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, about a week from today, roughly, we're going to be bottling it, and then uh, two weeks after, we can we'll uh, taste the final product. I, I guess. So we'll see. Uh, about two, to two weeks after bottling, is that about right? Yeah, I mean that'll. If you're impatient from that, you crack one open in a week, but it may not have fully carbonated at that point. Right, right. Uh, I usually end up popping one open after a week because I can't wait. All right, all right. Mark, how about um, the uh, the chili blueberry creation, sour creation that you and Justin have been working on? How Any uh, status report on that? Uh, at the moment, no. I have not yet gotten the opportunity to take a gravity reading on the blending beer okay. to see where that is as far as getting close to uh, 1.000. Okay. Uh, I had some other issues to deal with a washing machine in my house this week, so that didn't happen. Yeah, so, uh, it's always frustrating when life stuff gets in the way. Yeah, I mean, hopefully by the end of February or early March at the very latest, we'll be blending and bottling up that beer for future enjoyment. Okay. Um, I mean, I haven't brewed anything in many, many moons, but um, just as far as me for news, I would just like to point out that in the past couple episodes, we've mentioned a lot the shotgun episodes that we do. And those are only, of, if you listen through the RSS feed or you listen on uh, iTunes, the only way to get those is to go to the website. Um, you need to go to BeertasticVoyage.com and the shotgun episodes are quick reviews of usually a bomber of an individual kind of beer that we have. Sometimes they're from different breweries all over the place. Sometimes they're not necessarily local. Um, but they're just interesting beers that we really want to try one, uh, one off of. And so if you just got a minute or two to kill, or you really miss the sound of our voices in between weeks, you know, check out beertasticvoyage.com and listen to one of the shotgun episodes and, you know, and just, you know, you know, we can give you a quick review of one of the beers that we want, um, of some of the other styles that we're trying that we may not necessarily have a whole episode worth of information for. You know, we've done ones from Great South Bay, Marauder recently. We did um, a couple other ones. We had one from a, a Gypsy Brewer recently. There, There's a lot of, it's a way for us to really spread more information out there. Yeah, I mean, we we come across a ton of different beers that we want to try. Maybe we, we don't have three from the same breweries. It doesn't fit the format. It, you know, you want us to just quickly uh, yell at you and tell you what we think about them. <laughs> you can also uh, check out, they're all hosted on SoundCloud. So when you go to the website, You'll uh, notice that the players through SoundCloud, and you can subscribe to that um, through uh, um, through any of your other uh, podcast methods, so that you don't miss one. All right, everybody, mahalo for listening, and uh, cheers, and we'll catch you on the next beer testing voyage. 
If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.